This is AFF On Air, the Australian Frequent Flyer podcast, bringing you the latest news, tips and tricks for Australian travellers. G'day and welcome to this episode of AFF On Air. It is Saturday the 9th of March 2019 and I'm your host, Matt Graham. Coming up in today's episode, is it worth buying Avianca Life Miles in their latest promotion? why the new airports in Istanbul and Berlin still haven't opened, and finding Virgin Australia award and upgrade availability using Expert Flyer. That's coming up later in the episode, but first let's take a look, as always, at what's making news on the Australian Frequent Flyer this fortnight. And firstly, Qantas is increasing the weight limit of carry-on luggage on its domestic flights from 7kg to 10kg. The change will come into effect from the 25th of March. There's still a maximum of two pieces allowed to be carried on to Qantas flights, weighing a total of 14 kilograms plus a personal item. The new weight limit does not apply to Qantas Link Dash 8 flights, which still have the uh, maximum of 7 kilograms per piece. But it is still a welcome change, considering that Qantas has been regularly checking carry-on luggage weight recently. And Virgin Australia still does have a weight limit for carry-on luggage of 7 kilograms, which is rather unfriendly for business travellers, considering that rollerboard suitcases generally weigh around 3 kilograms when they're empty. Qantas will be launching non-stop flights from Melbourne to Queenstown during the winter. The Boeing 737 flights will run three times a week from the 21st of June until the 27th of August 2019. To make room for the flights, Qantas's Melbourne to Christchurch route will be reduced during the same period from daily to four times a week. Uber has introduced in-app tipping in Australia and New Zealand. Riders in Australia are now prompted to leave an optional tip for their Uber driver when they complete their ride. The move has been controversial. Rumours have been circulating that the struggling Etihad Airways may be poised to join Star Alliance. And meanwhile, Qatar Airways has threatened that the airline may leave the One World Alliance within two months. In threatening to leave, Qatar's outspoken CEO said that he, quote, demands respect from other Alliance members, including Qantas. A Qantas flight from Adelaide to Canberra had to divert to Melbourne last Tuesday after the plane lost cabin pressure. The pilots initiated a rapid descent to a safe altitude before completing a safe landing in Melbourne, which is exactly what they're trained to do in these situations. Passengers on board praised the professionalism of the Qantas crew, but nonetheless, the media was on hand to unnecessarily exaggerate the event, with headlines like my personal favourite, horror as Qantas flight from Adelaide to Canberra plunges 15,000 feet before making an emergency landing. Speaking of Melbourne Airport, Qantas has opened a bricks and mortar reward store there. The Qantas Frequent Flyer Rewards Room, as it's been called, will be in Melbourne's Domestic Terminal 1 until the end of June and stocks Qantas merchandise and items from the Qantas Frequent Flyer store for sale. Items can be paid for with money or with Qantas points. And if you happen to be passing through Melbourne between now and June, you can collect 100 Qantas points by simply stopping in and showing your Qantas Frequent Flyer card there. Accor Hotels will ditch its Le Club loyalty program next year and replace it with a new loyalty program called All, that's A-double-L. 
We'll have to wait and see what the full details are and what exactly the rebranding will involve, but Accor has promised that there will be new status tiers and benefits in its all program. And just when you thought Marriott Bonvoy had a silly name. Finally, you can now book Air New Guinea flights using Qantas points on the Qantas website. Previously, you would have to call up to check for award availability and book. And the good news is that there is plenty of award availability on Air New Guinea flights. However, it is only in economy class. Business rewards seats are not being made available to Qantas frequent flyers. And one great thing about redeeming points on Air New Guinea is that there are no fuel surcharges. Air New Guinea is the flag carrier of Papua New Guinea with its hub in Port Moresby. That's what's making news this fortnight. For more regular news, updates and deals, be sure to subscribe to the Australian Frequent Flyer Gazette or follow us on Facebook. See australianfrequentflyer.com.au for more information. Now on to the main topic for today's episode, and Life Miles is currently offering some very generous amounts of bonus miles if you buy miles from them. Life Miles, if you're not familiar with it, is the frequent flyer program of the Colombian-based Star Alliance airline Avianca, and they offer uh, pretty generous uh, amounts of bonus miles if you buy miles from them around every two to three months. Now, the current offer is running until the 14th of March, and you can receive 100% bonus miles if you buy up to 50,000 life miles, 115% bonus miles if you buy up to 100,000, and if you buy between 101 and 200,000, you'll receive 125% bonus miles. And on top of that, you can even earn an extra 15% bonus miles, which brings the bonus on offer up to 140% uh, by registering with the link available on the One Mile at a Time website, which is a US-based travel blog. Now, miles from Avianca cost $33 US per thousand. And if you were to max out this promotion, you could buy up to 200,000 life miles, which is the maximum that you're allowed to buy in a year. And for that, you would receive 480,000 miles with the bonus at a cost of 6,600 US dollars. Now, you may be thinking, why would I want to buy uh, miles from a South American frequent flyer program? Well... You can redeem life miles for travel on any Star Alliance airline as long as there is award availability on the flight and in the class of travel that you want. And this means that you don't just have to fly in South America. There are over two dozen members of the Star Alliance, including Thai Airways, United, Turkish Airlines, South African Airways, there's All Nippon Airways based in Japan, Asiana, Lufthansa, Air Canada, Air China, Ava Air, and, and the list goes on. You've also got Air New Zealand and Singapore Airlines, which are uh, quite useful to Australians, although finding premium cabin award seats through life miles on those airlines can be very difficult. On top of that, Avianca also partners with Iberia and Aeromexico. And the idea of buying miles is that you can, uh, if you're redeeming for premium cabin uh, award seats, so in business and first class, quite often the cost of the, the miles, the price you're paying to acquire those miles is less than the co- the price you would pay if you were to actually buy a ticket on those flights. So, for example, it might cost $10,000 for a return first-class flight from Australia to Europe. But if you're only paying less than $5,000 for the miles, 
then you're saving, well, you're getting the flight for half price, more or less. And it's worth noting, you do need to pay the taxes as well when you're redeeming the miles, but generally that only adds a couple of hundred dollars. So the savings are definitely still there. And uh, the example I just gave is actually not hypothetical. So let me uh, just briefly explain how it would work. Now with Life Miles, a return flight from Australia to Europe in first class costs 240,000 miles uh, or if you book it as two one ways it actually works out to be slightly cheaper 235,000 miles because for some reason life miles awards uh, that originate in Australia are a little bit more expensive than flights from elsewhere to Australia I have no idea why that is and that's an interesting quirk of life miles but anyway so it is. And in the current promotion, if you were to buy those 240,000 uh, miles, if you used the uh, the one mile at a time link, you'd only have to actually pay for 100,000 miles because you're getting the 140% bonus. And uh, that would cost you 3,300 US dollars, which works out at today's exchange rate to be around 4,650 Australian dollars. And uh, so that's going to get you those 240,000 miles, which you can then redeem for Thai Airways first class from Sydney to Paris, London or Frankfurt. And Thai actually quite often has one or two award seats available in first class um, on those routes. And if you then redeem those miles, pay for the taxes, you then have first class tickets to Europe for under $5,000, which is about half price. And of course, if you're going business class, the miles will cost you even less than that um, for travel on full service airlines. So it can be a very good deal if there's award availability on the flights that you want and you're getting a good deal on the miles. So that's just a bit of background about why you might want to buy miles. And this this uh, same principle applies to um, the there's quite a number of other frequent flyer programs that also sell miles, including there's United, American Airlines, Alaska Airlines... Uh, British Airways, all selling miles. It's the same principle applies. If you can get the miles for cheaper than what you'd pay for a ticket and there's a water availability on the flight that you want, then that can be quite a good trick and uh, can allow you to travel in premium cabins without really paying uh, that much money. Now with life miles, of course, Europe is not the only sweet spot. A business class ticket from Australia to Northern Asia was going to cost you 50,000 miles and first class at 62,500 miles and even less coming back again with the uh, the price anomaly uh, for flights originating and returning to Australia. A few other routes that might be of interest, Perth to Johannesburg on South African Airways quite often has business class award availability so you can book a seat uh, using life miles on that flight in business class. And that costs 95,000 miles uh, from Perth to Johannesburg or 85,000 miles coming back. And you can also connect to or from other destinations in South Africa, not only Johannesburg, um, without having to pay any extra miles. If you want to travel to the United States, United is in Star Alliance. And at the moment, it has surprisingly good availability in business class, particularly on its flights uh, from Sydney to Houston and Sydney to Los Angeles. And that can be a handy one because flights non-stop between Australia and the United States are usually quite expensive. Now, once you've bought the Life Miles, you can generally redeem them on the Life Miles website. 
Now, unfortunately, the Life Miles website is a little bit clunky. So sometimes, particularly if you have flights that involve connections, the flights may, there may be award availability, but they're just not showing on the website. And if that's the case, sometimes you need to employ what's known as the screenshot method. If you want to know more about the screenshot method, I would I would suggest just Google Life Miles screenshot method and some information should come up on that. But basically, you need to send a screenshot to Life Miles of the their website showing that there's no availability and send them information about the passengers that you want to book and which flights you wish to book. And then they will get back to you telling you yay or nay. And if the flight is available for booking, but it's just not showing on their website, then that's a way you can get around that. Also worth mentioning with Life Miles, you don't actually have to have all of the miles in your account at the time of booking uh, for a particular redemption. So you can use what's called Life Miles and Money to pay up to 60% of the miles required for any particular award at the time of booking. And the price you're going to be paying for those extra miles at the time of booking is actually quite competitive. So that's also a useful feature. The big catch with uh, these Life Miles promotions is that you need to have been a member of the Life Miles Frequent Flyer program before each promotion was announced uh, in order to be able to take advantage of it. So if you want to use the current promotion to buy Life Miles at a nice bonus, you would have needed to be already a member of Life Miles at the end of February when this uh, promotion was announced. So if you were already a member, uh, well done. Good foresight there. If, if you're not already a member though, that's okay. Uh, I would suggest signing up now anyway, and that way you can take advantage of future promotions. And it's free to join Life Miles, and it only takes a few minutes to do this on their website. There are a few other risks and uh, limitations when you're using miles in this way. So one of the big ones, as I mentioned before, is that you do need to have award availability on the flight you want to book in order to be able to book it using miles. And award availability, particularly for premium cabin flights and long haul routes, can be quite limited. So I would suggest if you have a particular route in mind that you would like to uh, use your life miles for, check that there is actually award availability before you buy the miles and uh, also before you buy miles it might be a good idea to contact your bank and just let them know that you're going to be making that purchase because the transaction will be processed in Colombia which may ring alarm bells for some banks and there is the possibility that the bank might think it's fraud and and uh, cancel your card or suspend it also with life miles life miles it will expire, unfortunately, if you don't earn at least one mile every 12 months. So that, and I specifically say earn, redemptions don't actually extend the life of life miles. So life miles are not actually for life if you're not um, careful. In any case, the life miles promos do come around every few months. So if you don't need the miles right now, I would say rather than buying speculatively and having the, you know, risk having the life miles expire or um, there being maybe some changes to the award chart, which could happen at any time uh, between now and when you redeem the miles, uh, just wait for the next promo. It probably won't be too far away. If you would like to learn more about buying miles, our sister website, Frequent Flyer Solutions, has a training program where you can learn all about the this trick of buying miles and many other tricks that can help you to travel better for less. And the training consists of 10 courses, which are easy to understand. And there is even an entire course covering the art of buying points and miles for discounted premium travel.
That would be course four, which covers buying points with nine airline programs, including Life Miles, as well as buying points from Marriott Bonvoy, a hotel program. Uh, That can be a handy trick if you need a few extra miles with an airline that doesn't normally sell them to the public. If you would like to know any more about the Frequent Fly Solutions training program, check out the link in the episode notes. Well, it's time now for a short break. After the break, I'll discuss how airport construction doesn't always go to plan. Stay tuned. While I'm taking a quick break, I wanted to tell you about Award Flight Assist, which is a personalized service offered by our sister website, Frequent Flyer Solutions. If you'd like help with redeeming your Frequent Flyer points for award flights, Award Flight Assist can help you to do just that. Using their expert knowledge and specialized tools, the team at Award Flight Assist takes the hard work out of using your points effectively. Visit frequentflyer.com.au for more information about Award Flight Assist or any of the other services offered by Frequent Flyer Solutions. Welcome back to AFF On Air. Last week we learned that the new Western Sydney Airport at Badgeries Creek is going to be named after aviation pioneer Nancy Bird Walton. Construction of the airport has already started, and the new airport is due to open in 2026. But as we've learned from a few recent cases in Europe, airports don't always open on time. You may have heard that a brand new mega airport was recently opened in Istanbul. Istanbul New Airport, with the IATA code ISL, was originally designed to replace Istanbul's current main international airport, Atatürk, or IST, which is running out of space fast. But the new airport is currently only handling a very small handful of flights per day, and the changeover date keeps getting pushed further and further back. Let's have a look at the history of um, Istanbul's new airport. Construction on this airport started in 2014, and it was originally supposed to open in October of 2017, but it was then pushed back a year and then officially opened last October on Turkey's Republic Day. But from this date, only a very few number of Turkish Airlines flights each day have actually been using this airport. And... There are now a few dozen daily flights, but still the majority of the flights in and out of Istanbul are using either Ataturk or the city's other international airport, Sabiha Gökçen, which is SAW. The changeover date was originally pushed back to the 31st of December last year, then to the 2nd of March, which was last week, and it's now been pushed back again to the 5th of April, which is going to be next month, but we'll see if it gets changed again. I'm not overly optimistic that they're actually going to open in April. I've been through Istanbul twice actually in the last couple of months and the new airport, (laughs) it cannot come soon enough. But, well, we'll see if that happens. Unfortunately, the the construction of the new airport has had quite a few problems as well as several dozen of the construction workers dying um, during the construction of the airport. The new airport is in quite a lot of debt, which may well be passed on to Turkish Airlines and in turn the Turkish government. Um, and so it's it's been way over budget. And also some of the key contractors dealing with construction of the airport have also left. But ultimately... The airport is simply not ready yet for the volume of passengers that it is expected to handle. And there's been quite a few concerns raised over some safety issues that still haven't been resolved. 
We'll see whether it uh, does actually open, but I, I actually flew over um, the new airport last month just after departure from Ataturk. We uh, made some turns and you could see the new airport out the window of the plane and the new airport is massive and from the air it looks it looks ready. The runways are there, the buildings are there, the gates are there. Uh, it was missing planes. There were <laughs> barely any planes there, but apart from that it looked ready. So we'll see what happens, but... If you're getting a sense of deja vu here, uh, well, you're not alone. This similar thing has also happened in Berlin, although this has been even a longer-running saga. Berlin's new Brandenburg Airport was supposed to open back in 2011, and it is still not open. It's currently scheduled to open in October 2020, but I'm willing to bet that it won't. After an initial delay to the opening of Brandenburg Airport, which was supposed to open then on the 3rd of June 2012, it failed um, safety tests. So officially the fire system was not up to scratch, but also it's rumoured that it simply was not ready for full capacity operation at the time. So the date was then pushed back and pushed back again, and then the same thing kept happening over and over. And since then, the... the, um, BER airport project has been plagued by budget blowouts, further safety issues, and and mismanagement. The airport, frankly, is an embarrassment in uh, Germany, and it's the source of many jokes over there. And although the, uh, the new Brandenburg airport is not open yet to passengers, the airport does actually offer guided tours, which is, uh, if you've ever wanted to do a, a tour of a ghost airport, <laughs> that might be something that uh, would interest you. And I, uh, I did one of these tours around five years ago, back when the airport was scheduled to open in 2017. And honestly, uh, it looked pretty much ready to me. The floor was, uh, or the floor was missing. But other than that, there were check-in counters there. There were departure and arrival screens uh, showing actual flights listed on them already. There was a giant artwork, a, a flying carpet uh, already installed in the roof of the check-in area. <laughs> and the runways and the control tower and the gates were already there. In fact, there was even already an airport train station with uh, fully functional underneath the uh, the check-in area of the new airport. And uh, this, since uh, the station was built, the airport train station has already been served once a day by a train that uh, rolls through the tunnels just to keep them f- uh, the tracks from rusting. Um, that's how sad the the state is over there. And there are also numerous hotels that opened around Brandenburg Airport uh, many years ago in, in the anticipation of the new airport opening, and they're still just sitting there empty. So no doubt the airport is also paying quite significant compensation to them. And meanwhile, Air Berlin, whose hub was, uh, of course, Berlin, has already gone out of business well before the new airport could open. And I'm, I'm quite sure that the, the fact that they were using Tegel as their hub for all this time was not going to help um, them stay in business. Berlin, if uh, you're probably aware, already has uh, currently two airports, which are both operating well above a capacity. So it's really quite a desperate case until the uh, the new airport opens. So you've got Schönefeld, which is SXF, which is the uh, low-cost carrier airport. Now, that looks like something out of the Soviet era, and it's been voted on multiple occasions as the worst airport in Europe. And I don't really disagree, honestly. And then the the main airport currently in Berlin, Tegel, TXL, that also is completely overcrowded. It was supposed to close years ago, and it it's literally consists of a few sheds that are connected to each other by undercover walkways. And because it's so overcrowded, there are frequent delays there and baggage issues. 
So there you have it. That's that's two examples of airports that uh, have not quite gone to plan in their construction stage. Now, he's hoping, of course, that the new Nancy Bird Walton Airport doesn't have any of these issues. To wrap up today's episode, welcome to Ask Matt, where I answer your questions on air. This fortnight, I have a question from Says Palmer. And this person says, I got a seat alert from Expert Flyer for an available Z-Class seat on VA7, which surprised me because I hear they're like hen's teeth. When I went through to my booking, though, only waitlist to upgrade was available. I attempted also checking by doing a direct reward booking on Virgin's website, and that also showed no reward flights. Expert Flyer's status stayed on yes for a Z seat for nearly two weeks, though. How would this be explained? Is it possible that Z availability is assigned to waitlists and the waitlisted aren't told of their success until closer to the flight? Well, thanks for your question. Uh, just a note for, for listeners, uh, VA7 is a flight from Brisbane to Los Angeles. So this is a long-haul flight on Virgin Australia. And Z-Class is the fare class that Virgin Australia uses for business class reward seats. If there are Z-Class seats available on Virgin Australia, you can upgrade instantly. So the same inventory is used for award and upgrade space on Virgin. And this is this is a different process, I would note, to Qantas, where on international flights, if you want to upgrade, even if there are business reward seats available at the time that you request the upgrade, you're going to be placed in a, in a queue and it's it's pretty much a lottery. But not the case on Virgin. Now, to answer your question, uh, yes, I have seen this before, and it's not only you. I have received alerts uh, for business class seats on Virgin flights to Los Angeles from Expert Flyer, and then gone onto the Virgin website and found that there's actually no availability. If the alert is coming through more than a week from the flight, it's probably a glitch, I would, in, in most cases, to be quite honest, because it's exceptionally rare anyway that Virgin would release business reward seats to Velocity members, at least to or from Los Angeles, more than a week out from the flight. Although there are some exceptions to this rule, and I went through at one point last year and searched for business class award availability on Virgin flights to or from Los Angeles every day across the entire year, and I did find one flight, (laughs) one flight out of... um, more than a thousand, mind you, but there was one flight uh, was coming back from Los Angeles on one date, which had a couple of business class reward seats. And uh, I found that it was around two or three months out before the flight. So it can happen, but it's, it is rare. Now, as some background, I think it's useful to understand how Expert Fly gets its data for Virgin Australia, and then I'll, I'll um, answer the question as to how it might happen. So Generally, with Expert Fly, the information um, about flight availability will come from global distribution systems or GDSs. Uh, But with Virgin Australia, I believe the the data might actually come from the Delta Airlines website. And I believe this for a few reasons. Firstly, when you do a search, you're going to get a yes or no response rather than number of seats, which would indicate to me that the data doesn't come from a GDS. Also, you can't search for premium economy award seats on um, Expert Flyer with Virgin, uh, which would make sense because on the Delta website, you also can't do this. And in my experience, the availability that you're seeing on Expert Flyer does match up to what you're seeing on Delta. So 
With that in mind, also it's worth noting that the availability that is given to Velocity members can be different, uh, not, not often, but it can be different from the availability given to Delta SkyMiles members. Now, it would surprise me, honestly, if Virgin was giving more availability to SkyMiles members than Velocity members, but it is a possibility. And with this in mind, there are three possible explanations to what you found, says Palmer. So firstly, the seat might have been available, as I said, to uh, Delta SkyMiles members, but not Velocity members. The second possible scenario is that the seat was available for a very short moment, at which time Expert Flyer picked up that there was availability, but then pretty much straight away, someone ahead of you in the upgrade waitlist queue was given the seat. Um, and then by the time you went on to look, it was no longer available. So that's also an option. The third possibility is that it was simply phantom award availability showing on the Delta website. If this happens again, you might want to check whether the seat is bookable using Delta SkyMiles. This might not help you if you don't have the 100,000 SkyMiles that are needed to book this seat, but at least it might be able to explain to you uh, what's going on. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer on a future episode of the podcast? You can ask it on the dedicated Ask Matt thread on the AFF forum. And I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have relating to airlines, frequent flyer programs, credit cards, or just about anything else related to travel. Well, that's it for another episode of AFF On Air. Thank you so much for listening. For more information about anything in today's episode, check out the episode notes or visit australianfrequentflyer.com.au. And in the episode notes, you'll also find a link to an AFF thread where you can discuss anything from today's episode. I very much hope that you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please consider subscribing or leaving a comment or rating wherever you found this podcast. The podcast is available on Apple, Android, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, among other places. And by subscribing or leaving a review, you'll help us to reach more travelers. So I would really appreciate that. Well, I'm Matt Graham, and I'll be back next fortnight with more news, tips, and tricks for Australian travelers. Until then... Happy flying!